This week on Ultra 64, we're working through our road rage issues with Scars, Road Rash 64, and Carmageddon 64. Welcome all you motorheads to Ultra 64, the podcast whose name I just briefly forgot. Uh, this You're is the on com- so many podcasts, it's hard to <laughs> It's true. This is the comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast where we are playing through every single game on the N64 catalog. My name is Steve Guntley. I am off the chain, Woody Siskowski. Oh, I forgot to come up with like a cool, uh, like mean biker name like or something. Ufo I'm or I'm Steve Killy. Big Big Jim. Big Jim. I'm I'm Steve Big Jim Killer Guntley. Oh, this week, oh my god, we are playing through some games that are that redefine uh, mind numbing. It's we, a real <laughs> diverse selection we have here. If you're if you're into big metal machines and bashing into other stuff, um, this is three flavors of that that are yeah. all pretty different from each other, uh, while still <laughs> fundamentally the same. Yeah, but they, they, they're born from the same cloth, the cloth of really dumb shit. Yeah, yeah very, <laughs> so very dumb. Like, yeah, they, I, I, lo- I lost brain cells playing all three of these. In some ways, I was good, and then uh, some days I was bad. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure out exactly where we land on some of sure. these. I think we should start at the beginning, uh, as we always do, with SCARS. Chronologically, this is the first one released, and that's SCARS is an acronym, I should say. I'm not going to say S period, C period, A period, R period, S period. Super cats are really sweet. (laughs) They are, actually. I love super cats. This was released December 4th, 1998, developed by Vivid Image and published by Ubisoft. Vivid made different kinds of entertainment. They but. do. They they pivoted after the failure <laughs> okay. of Scars. They're like, okay, well, we don't have anything in the animal-based kart racing anymore. Let's what should we do now? <laughs> I mean, those are the one two skills we have. Uh, okay, moving on. Uh, so yeah, developed by Vivid, Vivid Image, published by Ubisoft, and this was also released on Windows and PlayStation. Lucky us, we have so many different so ways, many to, ways play to play this play one. Scars. Uh, Vivid Image was founded in Harrow in the UK in 1988. Uh, they first became known over here for an SNES game called First Samurai, and it's very cleverly titled sequel, Second Samurai. Okay, I, yeah. I don't know if that counts as them being known. Uh, I would say that's... Uh, I don't think anyone cares about those games. It's the closest they have to, like, a legacy, because okay. there were a few of these games. It says their most successful game was called Street Racer, which was like a comedy fighting game kart racer hybrid. So I think I have that game. Do you? I okay. Don't, couldn't tell you much about it. Aside from it does look fun and cartoony, but uh, I can't imagine that it is that fun. I don't know if I've ever set eyes on it. I'm not yeah. sure. You, what? You're uh, not going to remember the name Street Racer? Somehow, no. <laughs> somehow, no. I think they were trying to do a parody on Street Fighter there, but like then ah. they forgot that street racing is already a thing. <laughs> yeah, so it does not work. So, yeah, it, it, it doesn't really have the double meaning that it they had, were hoping it would. You'd have to be Car Fighter. Yeah, Car Fighter, it's, yeah. That's not great either, but at least it, you know what they're referencing. It does sound like a guy fighting a car. But Which that's already is in Street Already Fighter. in Street Fighter. Right. And uh, in Fighters Mega Mix, where you get to play as the Daytona car <laughs> fighting what the characters from Virtual what, Fighter. Like, they start you in that Street Fighter 2 bonus level. They're mm. like, 
here you are, here's a car, fight it. Yeah. Like you, they don't give you any lead up to that. And no, whose car is that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is, is it just it, like some kid, like it's his first car? I think and they like, stole I don't know. that from Final Fight. Like there's a bonus level in Final Fight where you do that. And after mm. you beat up a car, like just some random dude walks up and is like, oh, my car. <laughs> it's just weird that somehow this amasses you points. Yeah. I also, do remember. I would totally watch it. Is there a video online of someone beating up a car with their fists? Because I, I want to see No, I did. I remember being like a freshman in high school and we had like a charity event where somebody donated their old beater and for like a dollar you got to beat on it with a pickaxe or something. Oh, well, that's you a know? good idea. Which was fun. So it was just like 40 teenagers in a bonfire wrecking a car <laughs> for fun, for charity, <laughs> yeah, for, for charity. charity. Uh, so Vivid Image, uh, yeah, Crazy or St- Street Racer was their biggest selling game. Uh, that, that is not good. Which is <laughs> not good. Uh, it sold well enough to give the company runway to make scars. Uh, unfortunately, this game was not a big seller. It sold only about 60,000 units in total. And the financial failure halted the company's next planned game, which was First Samurai 64. Never happened. 64th Samurai. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's what they should have gone with it, right? Uh, Vivid Image shuttered in 2002 after releasing one last game, a Game Boy Advance fighting game, so you know you're off to a good start there, yeah. called Dual Blades. Mm, so, sounds like a winner. Never going to pay attention to that. All right, so SCARS, the acronym, stands for Supercomputer Animal Racing Simulator. And the story is every bit as batshit as that idea might suggest. So that's, uh, just, that's just a nonsense acronym. It really is. It's it's kind of like the joke on, on Marvel movies where like they they came up with the name Shield and then they built something to like fill that in that acronym. Okay. You know, you're working yeah. backwards from the name. Boy, I feel like I that's wonder, what they're doing here. I, I wonder how applicable that is because all of this stuff of like it being a simulator really doesn't come through in the game. No, not really. Like, there's so much weird. Like, how did they think of that? Why did they go this direction type of ideas that I wonder if they're like, we know the name is Scars. Mm-hmm. A could be Animal and S could be Simulation. But it also sounds like, like it, it's like mashing up car with Scar. Like it's trying to invoke uh, like violent cars, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, know. it's a fine name in of itself. I feel like without having it be an acronym you could just have a combat racing game called scars and i yeah. have no problem with this yeah just put like the car part in red text you yeah know, with surrounded by two s yeah i get i'd get it you know i'd get it but luckily they went in a much weirder direction this is the plot uh copied from the manual 3000 AD, the world is no longer controlled by humans, but by nine supercomputers <laughs> whose superior intelligence long ago surpassed their creators. They have acquired many of the characteristics of humankind, including the emotions of fear, hatred, happiness, and even boredom. To combat their apathy, the supercomputers... <laughs> decided to make scars. <laughs> to combat their apathy, the computers now entertain themselves with the most honorable and dangerous of human customs. Lawn darts. No, racing. Um, <laughs> their drive for victory compels them to build super-sophisticated cars that mimic Earth's most fearsome creatures. Each vehicle uses ultra-powerful weapons to pulverize opponents on the many diabolically treacherous courses. Humans can only aspire from afar... As the supercomputers race across world after world, the quest for adrenaline splash thrills becomes never-ending. Now, victory alone is not enough. This All was right. adapted from like a Harlan Ellison short story. That's what right? I was thinking. Yeah. This is like this sounds like I have no mouth, but I must scream. I have no mouth, but I must car combat. But, but, but also, I like the line that like humans must only aspire from afar. Humans are still alive. Uh, they want to race the animal cars. They're not allowed. They just have to watch these simulations have fun. <laughs> so these bored computers just created a bunch of cars shaped like animals 
to make them fight each other to make the humans jealous because look at how much fun they're having. Is what year did was this take place? Three thousand eighty. Three thousand. Okay. So we got a while. We got okay, a while. Phew. This could still be born out. It's crazy that this game. It's always a bad idea in your media to hypothesize that the thing that's invented is the most exciting version yeah. because it's like, okay, these are high-tech supercomputers looking for the most thrilling sport imaginable, and they come up with this. Yeah. You're really putting a high standard for, like, the adrenaline rush that needs to be provided. And yeah. this game, I would... If someone asked me to describe this game, I would not put it in terms... I would not say supercomputer levels of adrenaline thrills. No. No. What, what, what do you need? You're like, you, there's so many more dangerous and more interesting sports you can come up with. Bungee fencing. Yeah, exactly. Do that. Yeah, make a whole game of bungee fencing. Yeah, just crushing humans' heads. Yeah. I mean, so this this concept is just kind of bad shit, and it also doesn't really super matter. No. Like, because the impression what, that we get is that... That's a shame. The impression that you get is that, like, the... The environments are all virtually generated. Yeah, so there's a couple parts. Like, right when you boot up this game, it's kind of cool. It's like a loading simulation, and then there's all this binary going through in the back, and the kind of the level, like, this line comes down and sort of creates the grid of the cars, and more comes and fills them in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's that's a, a cool it's a, it's a boot-up sequence, you know? Yeah. It's, it's the holodeck. It's uh, But it's also making it clear that this is a simulation. Basically, we are playing a video game that's played by computers who are bored. So we are the computers, then? Yeah, I guess. Hmm. Ooh, mind blown. Yeah. Philip K. Dick and, over here, yeah. And then it's like each level, um, you know, the these line, they'll start with sort of the grid outline of the level, and then it'll come through and fill in, which is a really cool effect. Sure. It's just such a weird amalgam. It reminds me of Dual Heroes in the sense that, like, there's just a whole bunch of weird backstory that you wonder why this got put in there because they don't really like explore it very much no it really doesn't come into play like it's kind of i guess it provides some explanation for why these cars look like animals because yeah so Kinda, let's, let's talk about yeah. the cars it's like you have for example a lion car so there are i, I have them yeah. listed here we have six total there are there's the lion lk the mammoth 4x4 the rhino roadster the tiger shark and the mantis v-twin and you could unlock three more vehicles they're, eventually. They're pretty but I don't know hard what those are. to describe, like, just, you know, with your voice um, without looking at a picture. Like, the rhino car kind of makes sense because you're like, oh, this is a flat car with a big horn on the end. Yeah. I mean, they really are designed to look like the animals. The mantis car looks super weird. It has, like, this round hoop of the mantis arms sort of yeah. looping around. But, um, like, some of them don't, they don't look like cars that could exist. No. They, like, like, the mammoth one is kind of like a. It's almost like they a look VW. Like, they look like parade bug. floats. Kind of, yeah, yeah. No, they're a... they're very large. Like the sprites themselves, they're not sprites. The polygons themselves yeah. are very large. Like the the car takes up a lot of your screen, which I appreciate in single player mode. Yeah. Um, I will say, like, if if I'm gonna give like a kind of a left handed compliment to it, which I don't think that I actually don't think this is a terrible game. No, I no. don't. I've, I especially in light of some of the other games we may have played recently. I, <laughs> this one is coming away kind of favorably. I think this is firmly in like good bad territory sure. of like because everything about it is really stupid, mm -hmm. but it kind of works on a fundamental level, and there's elements of it that are enjoyable, and it is 
you know, it's you play it for a few minutes and you're done. But there is kind of yeah, a good a, bad this is campy a nice element game to it. for your Nintendo 64 podcast. Sure, because you're you're gonna see most of what it has to offer pretty quick, um, and you'll you'll have a decent time. Everything here is so your modes. Uh, I mean, most of these games always have the same modes. There's a Grand Prix mode where you're just gonna. It's it's kind of set up the same way as F Zero. There's four different cups, and each cup has like four tracks mm-hmm. um, that you race through, or I guess you know Mario Kart. Mario Kart, yeah. Um, but just a very basic complaint here. The game defaults to four laps. Um, I'm not sure if you can change that setting or not. But I didn't I see the option. This yeah. happens. I'm surprised how many games. I just assumed that three laps was the standard because that's what Mario Kart has done. Yeah. But like four laps sucks. Four laps sucks. It's just like it doesn't even sound like that much more. But I guess when you're expecting it to end at three and then it's like, oh, I'm, I'm still going. And you okay. definitely like the first lap, you're, you know, seeing the new challenges of the levels and kind of making your way around it. And the second lap, you're a little more prepared. You're yeah. like, okay, I know where these turns are coming. And then these third lap, you're like, okay, I'm really going to go for a balls to the wall because I got a good understanding. And then that fourth lap, you're like, oh, it's not over yet? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's- yeah, 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 exactly. You're, you've used all of your energy in that third lap and now you're just still going. Uh, one really cool one thing that I liked about this game that sets it apart a little bit mm-hmm. is you have a like R is a straight up jump button. I mean, in the like same way, a platformer style jump, yeah. like a big Mario jump, yeah, not, not a like Mario a Mario Kart, Kart hop, not the hop. Yeah. You're getting air like every time you do this. And that is surprisingly helpful because there's about three weapons in this game that are some variation of a gate. Yeah, it's interesting. So, okay, some of the weapons that you can pick up here, there's a turbo booster, there's a magnet that kind of uh, holds you in place for a second, there's some heat-seeking bullets, there's a boomerang, there's a shield that you can pick up, and then there's these caltrops, which are like, it it launches like a triangular electric spike with like three other spikes around it. So think like... I don't know, like like uh, like banana peels in Mario Kart, sure. and then there's a but electro- like a stop sign, electronic triangular banana peel. Yeah, then there's like kind of a stop sign or like a do not enter sign that uh, puts up a gate in front of the there's track. One, yeah, there's the caltrops that go behind you, and then there's the gate that shoots in front of you, and then puts like yeah, stop sign. The problem is you seem to have no control over where this forward facing gate goes. Well, it seems like there's like three or four spots on the track where it's going to appear and you just need to like initiate it. There were multiple times where there would be a, ca- a quote unquote car, mm. a scar, perhaps, a scar yeah. um, in front of me and I would shoot the gate out and it would stop right behind them and open up and then I would run into it. And yeah. Like, hmm, that was a useful weapon. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. But that jump does make it a little more fun because, you know, these gates pop up in front of you and they're hard to avoid because they take up a lot of area of the track they do so there's really no way around it other than to jump but luckily the jump is very very powerful so you'll clear it pretty easily if you time it right no i i like that mechanic i mean this game definitely puts emphasis on the combat which i like it's not it's not like Vigilante 8 where it's a car combat game. It's definitely a racing game first it's, and foremost. It's a kart racer almost. Yeah, yeah I think that's the closest thing. You get, you, all, can... you get a lot of weapons. You can hold two weapons at once and swap between them. Yeah. Um, and your crosshairs are visible on the screen, so you can actually aim where you're going. Yeah. And weapons really only disable someone for a few seconds, and so it really kind of keeps moving. Yeah. It's... Uh, you know, in addition to the Grand Prix mode, there's challenge mode and time attack mode, which is kind of the same thing you get in everything. Yeah. Uh, two player here definitely suffers. This is for yeah. one to four players. We played two player, but it, two player definitely suffers from draw distance issues, yeah. like pretty bad. It's not. It's not. It's not bad in the one player. No, uh, no, it looks pretty good. I mean, the game's kind of like a mess design wise. Like 
like it looks like it's just kind of put together by people who aren't very good artists if i'm going to be mean <laughs> about it but it's there is kind of it's colorful it's very bright and vibrant it pops off the screen in a way so like I think I prefer to look at a colorful mess than just like a gray drab mess, which oh, is yeah. like a lot of what the bad games on N64 look yeah, like. Yeah, so. definitely. It, it is. I think that it looks fine. I think it definitely looks much better than the other games we played. Yeah. Um, but and it, there was some personality in the levels, too. Like there's A little bit. Like it's an Aztec <laughs> level and you move on to an island. I don't Nothing quite matches, which I guess makes sense from like, hey, a supercomputer designed this. So they were just throwing in assets that they knew of. Yeah. But I, I just, it's not really, I guess the main problem I have with this game is the cars just feel weird. They they don't they feel, feel floaty. like cars. Yeah. Well, they're not cars. They're, they're scars. scars. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know what it would be like driving a mammoth shaped. Actually, when you think of it as a parade float, it yeah. kind of makes more sense because it does feel like that. It feels like as if you were trying to drive a parade float like 80 miles an hour. There's like a, would... there's like a chassis and everything else is made of flowers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what it feels like. You just, your, your backside is constantly floating around one way or the other. So it just doesn't feel very tight. No. And the end result of that is as much as I did appreciate that kind of the fast play of it, um, it's just not that fun to control. And very weirdly... The, it has the, the rally racing thing where the signs go up over your head mm -hmm. um, that tell you what direction you need to turn. But they don't match the level at all. The game's like dunking you or something. Yeah, or they seem to be changing rapidly on the fly. Or, or like, they'll like reference a turn that's two turns away. Or and so you're like, oh, I'm going to turn left. And then literally the next turn, you turn right. And you're like, oh, well, thanks, sign. And I'm wondering <laughs> if this the arrows are like being triggered by a certain end of your car hitting a certain checkpoint but like the two ends of your car aren't necessarily facing in the same direction like i don't know it just doesn't quite work i think my biggest issue with it is that they really don't capitalize on the premise yeah. at all like no, I agree. there's nothing about the rhino car that's different from the mantis car other than some like baseline stats that are different but we, i would love to see like a special attack for each car that's unique Oh, yeah, you're right, 100%. I mean, we made fun of the absurd premise of this game, of yeah. being like a supercomputer, designing animal cars or something like that. But it's important. We're, we are generally in support of absurd premises. The oh, yeah, no, is, love it. Yeah. If you're going to have an absurd premise, you got to go like battle tanks and really like lean into it. Like battle tanks, you know, you're using your women as currency, which yeah. is gross and weird. But, like, they went for it. They and went like, for it. They're pickups. Women are literal pickups yeah, in multiplayer you're, right, you're doing game. a deathmatch to collect the most of them. And, you know, you have to admire that. Yeah. Here, they're like, oh, a supercomputer made this, and you're all animal cars. But it just plays like a generic, it plays like bad wipeout. Yeah, it, it Less, just... it slower wipeout. It doesn't really matter what car you pick up, and that's kind of a bummer to me. because And, like, the, the power-ups are always going to be in the same place. There's going to be just, like, four or five different ones, and you'll always know exactly where to pick them up. So it gets a little repetitive. I think I think this game, I think this game needed to be two different games. Yeah. Um, I think there's like a weird sort of more generic like computer racing simulation type of thing that looks more like Wipeout. Sure. Um, and then there's a weird like Banana Bills jungle racing <laughs> extravaganza. Exactly. Where, where you yeah. play as like a monkey in like a monkey cart or like a. Right, you know, you play as these different animals in their respective carts, definitely. And you throw fruit at each other, and because that that kind of feels like the game that it wants to be, but then it has this weird computer area. It it, it sort of doesn't want to be silly. Like it has this absurd premise and weird animal cars, but there's no sense of like 
we're making this wacky. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta lean into it. You absolutely do because if if you're not if you don't have the conviction of your own goofy premise, then we're not going to get behind it either. Yeah. And you know what? We get behind a lot of shit. Like we get behind a, a plumber who travels to a magical kingdom where he eats mushrooms and becomes super strong to fight turtles. And it's all based on like it's all based on courage, like courage of the developer, because they never took a moment to be like to have a screen at the beginning of Mario Brothers. It's like. You are a plumber and you've been sucked into some bizarre alternative world. They're just like, this is the game. This is how it Jump works. In. And you just you just take it at the face value. Because if games are confident about what they are, you're going to go, yeah, you're going to accept it. Exactly. Yeah. So Scars, be more like Mario and yeah. we'll like you more. Well, I mean, I do think that's true. I mean, it's yeah. a tough game to recommend in the world of Mario Kart. It is. It, it is. There's many... There's many racers on the N64, and many of them are better than this game, even though it's not a terrible game. No, no, it, this it's mostly just kind of not really anywhere, you know. It's it, it, you know. So like, I couldn't recommend this as a four-player party game or anything because the the multiplayer significantly slows yeah. down. You're right. But there are some goofy, fun mechanics and ideas here that I enjoy. I just wish they'd gone further with it. Yep. Uh, let's move on to our next game, Road Rash 64. This one was released September 27th, 1999, developed by Pacific Coast Power and Light and published by THQ, and this is an N64 exclusive. So Pacific Coast Power and Light is somehow not a utility <laughs> company. Uh, they were founded in 1997, and they're a subsidiary of THQ. This is one of their first games alongside Nuclear Strike and Jet Moto 3. Uh, most of their output was pretty inconsistent. They did some motocross games, a couple of platformers based on Pixar movies, a couple of wrestling games, a couple of Power Rangers games. Uh, the company changed its name to Locomotive Games in 2006, but it was shut down two years later before they could really do much of anything hey, with they it. Were, they, they missed the dance craze by 60 years. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, everyone was doing the locomotion, but uh, not any, not playing their games. All right, the Road Rash series is weirdly kind of important historically because huh. this was the first breakout series for EA. Like, this oh, okay. was their first, like, actual solid hit. Um, so that was released on Sega Genesis in 1991. And, yeah, this was the first game that EA released when they decided to start publishing or developing games in-house rather than simply publishing them. Uh, and the series is all about motorcycle combat, which I, mean, I think is still a fun idea. Yeah, I will say, like, if you were going to take sort of the all perhaps the all-time greatest and simplest prem like the best premises are the simplest ones sure and this may be the best premise in video games that you could come up with like you're on a motorcycle and you got a chain yeah and that's like, it it's very very clear cut it's there you're you're an angry guy on a motorcycle a bunch of angry guys on motorcycles are next to you you have to hit them yeah that's it. It's it doesn't so, matter if so you win necessarily. It's so easy to explain, and, but immediately, like, yeah, that sounds pretty fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, you get it. You get right behind it. Um, so the first game was a solid hit for EA, and along with the Madden series, it kind of helped float the company through its early years. Uh, it was followed by a sequel, Road Rash 2, in 1992, and then Road Rash 3 came out very late in the Genesis life cycle in 1995. Uh, in 1998, it jumped over to the next generation with Road Rash 3D, but excitement around the series had started to wane. EA had moved on to bigger, better things. I mean, that was a series that really stagnated in essentially like the second game because they all those Road Rash. I mean, they all look like Super Hang On, where they have that sort of outrun style. Sure, coming scrolling towards at you. you. And those games all tend to blend in together, and like the graphical engines were all the same. Yeah, it's, I don't. It's, that's a really hard genre to try and figure out how to do something new with. Like well, and also style. like like you said, the the simplicity of it is kind of the appeal, but yeah. it also is 
like what's holding it back because if you do too much to this then it's not as simple anymore and it's not as fun and i don't know but yeah the, the enthusiasm started to wane they farmed the development out for this game to thq uh, and uh, the series would have its sixth and last title, Road Rash Jailbreak, in 2000. But the game did inspire a spiritual successor in 2017 called Road Redemption, which was a minor hit on Steam. I believe that was kind of more of like a fan tribute sort of thing, but it's not officially associated with the Are series. You, I feel like I'm thinking of a different... There's like a super fan... There's a famous, like, terrible game, um, hmm. and I don't... I feel like it might be like some title. Okay, it might no, be you're sometime. right. Road Redemption yeah. does look like a Road Rash knockoff. Yeah. So. I mean, I, th- I think we can agree the most, the most important legacy that Road Rash gave us is that it served as the engine for the universally recognized greatest game ever made, Skitchen. Oh, yeah. uh, which I think we all agree. <laughs> yeah. Video games never got better than uh, riding behind a car on rollerblades. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah lots of fun there. All right, so a little bit about this game. Road Rash 64 puts more emphasis on combat than on some of the previous entries. So uh, while most Road Rash games take place on a single, never-ending road, 64 lets you choose from multiple short tracks. Uh, Your goal here is not only to win races, but you have to make sure everyone else loses. So you do damage to your opponent through punching, kicking, or whacking them with weapons. I would say the signature weapon is the chain, uh, and... I don't know. It, it there's also like nunchucks and like cattle prods and when a spiky I was, bat. Did did when I grew up, I always thought they were gnome chucks. Gnome chucks. <laughs> like I like just imagine like <laughs> just two little guys hanging on to like ropes and yeah, swinging around. Exactly. I think they do that on Gravity Falls actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, uh, I, beat, I beat them to it. <laughs> I had a weird revelation recently. Did have you ever seen the movie or heard of it? I don't, this might be like only something that was big for me growing okay. up. But it was called a gnome named Norm. Uh, I'm familiar with this movie and confused as to why, how it's not related to Norm from the North. Right. Uh, but I just only realized recently that movie, like the reason you can't find it anymore is because they changed the title. Oh. It's now called like Underworld or something like that. It's like a very (laughs) generic, it's like a very generic (laughs) title, but on the cover is Anthony Michael Hall and this horrible looking little gnome. Like it's a really stupid, terrible movie, but it's one So is it like Ted, but with gnome instead of Teddy Bear? It's like... He's teams up with he's a he's a homicide detective who teams up with a magical gnome to solve crimes. Oh, no, it sounds pretty good to me. It's it's a family film that's weirdly violent and uh, very strange. And he keeps pronouncing his name like he says he's a gun gnome named Gun Norm. Oh, good. It's really terrible. But anyway, that's a weird uh, uh, thing that's to go totally off. Totally related to Road Rash. It definitely <laughs> is. Yeah. So really, like like I said, the simplicity is still here and. Uh, but the first thing you're going to notice when you boot up this game is that fuck is it ugly. Yeah, this is it like looks absolutely looks like dog shit. Even like running it through my upscaler and like playing it. it well, just the mod. I mean, it's not an issue of it just being blurry. It's just like the models seem like the least amount of effort possible. They're very like there's, doughy. There's yeah. no sense that they put any polish here. It just feels like your sort of first pre-rendered outline of something. Yeah. Where like the side... The, sides are just green or brown and then the yeah. road is just gray and the characters are yeah they just look like chunks and it's and the background like there's severe fog but it's not even fog it looks like it's just overcast like everything looks dark and kind of grim but there's um, nothing to see but there's anyway. also nothing to see and like i feel like they gave up any kind of sense of graphical fidelity just in tr- just to develop this physics engine yeah. Like, which is 
probably a smart move. I mean, I would I would yeah, hope I mean, that they I, could this have game both. Does look terrible, but it doesn't re- didn't really bother me. Um, After a few minutes, it doesn't bother you because it, the controls are okay. Yeah. It makes sense. Like that, you accelerate with Z, you do a wheelie with A, and then all of your attacks are on the C buttons. Like. Yeah. That's fine. That makes sense. Um, and it's pretty clear cut what you do. Like the the motorcycles handle pretty realistically, yeah. I guess. You know, and I mean, we don't know. We've never been in like a death motorcycle fight. But no. Imagine if we were. Maybe that'll be a Patreon episode. Yeah, the, the <laughs> day is young. You know. Yeah, yeah we never motorcycle know. Motorcycle fight, but um, yeah. I mean, it's it's satisfying to. I think this game makes a lot of smart choices. I think the main one is the road is very wide, mm-hmm. um, so it's pretty easy to stay on the road. And the, the other thing I like is there's a lot of enemies on the road. You're racing with like seven eight other people yeah yeah um and so you're kind of always surrounded by people on all sides which makes it pretty satisfying to bust out that spike bat and just go to town on them we also get names for most of the characters like yeah, the they same appear way, like final fight or yeah. something like when you hit a guy and he's like andre and you're like good i'm glad i know that generic thug's name <laughs> and then but then andre keeps popping back up throughout know, the whole rest of the weird. game it's like dude you are a glutton for punishment yeah or there's just a clone army of people named andre's <laughs> and there's similar things here so you get bofus and you get big jim and you get charlotte and you get all these different random like faceless chunky blurs yeah uh which again, well, we're knocking the graphics, but like it's pretty fun to wail on these little chunky blurs. Yeah. Like, I don't know. They, they, there are moments like sometimes you'll be in a fight, and you're not really looking at the road, and then oncoming traffic will come and hit you and send five people flying through the air, and you just die. Yeah, this game is very has a very satisfying sense of physics. Yeah, like it does. It does look sort of broken and like weirdly floaty but yeah. it makes that a lot of fun when stuff crashes like your guy goes flying and your motorcycle goes flying and you, yeah you'll see we, we finished a level and uh, you know seven people were sort of standing at the finish line and we just see a guy like flying past everyone like with a no motorcycle yeah yeah and he just like lands that we're all doing our victory poses and he just falls out of the sky yeah like so that's really fun and goofy and that's basically what you call thrash mode in this game yeah. and it's just uh, unleash yourself just just drive around whale and everybody try to win the race it's there's all, also like a yeah. story mode where like the very loose story of you are a biker trying to join a gang and you the only way to do that is to keep beefing up the, your motorcycle the weird thing is this gang only seems to beat on each other yeah like which is a weird i mean i guess that would be a nice way for gangs to get formed like they would probably be less of a problem if they're like sure. oh we only beat up and shoot at each other you know we like to keep it if if someone doesn't want to be involved in the gang who are we to <laughs> exactly exactly yeah but, yeah teach their own yeah, yeah but it's uh i i think that's probably the way to play this game is that one player mode because you get money for combat like mm-hmm. you get money for taking out more people and for doing well in the race and then you can upgrade your bike yeah because one of the issues i have with this game is they don't really seem to incentivize you for smacking people very much like it is satisfying and fun to watch people go flying yeah but like the goal is still to get first in the race that's the thing yeah i think you should be able to choose like do you want this to be a straight up street fighter do you want it to be a race race you know yeah and some of the multiplayer options let you do that it's so disappointing yeah like it's it's so weird the way the multiplayer is structured because the core gameplay is pretty fun and you yeah like you said it'd be nice to have either like you play last person standing or something like that but the mo the levels they give you for these layouts there's just you can never quite get it the way that would be the most fun like no 
the the sort of default levels are too short as we were complaining about scars of them being too long but like generally the levels are too short they all kind of look the same because they take place on this one big island mm-hmm. um and again they don't really incentivize you for taking people out so if you want to play these different modes there's a few different modes um one is tag, yeah. where you, when someone takes you out, you become it, and then you have to take someone else out to pass that along. Um, and then there's just a deathmatch mode where you get a point every time you finish a lap or take someone else out. But that's like one-on-one. Yeah. And or, like a one-on-one combat race where you're both driving in the same direction. With melee weapons. With melee weapons is really frustrating well, and, and just not really fun. And the level is so weird. Like, so there's the default sort of island levels that are fine. Like, they're all roads and they work fine. But then they have these design multiplayer levels, which are all terrible. Like, the yeah. first one we played is just a big round donut, like uh, that Mario Kart battle level, but really shitty. Yeah. It's like really tiny space. And so you're just constantly driving le- left around this thin area until one of you falls off the side. Yeah. And then there's another one that's sort of a dirt bike area. Very annoying because your motorcycle makes their very loud screeches every time you're driving. Even though you're driving dirt. on dirt. Yeah. <laughs> um, and th- that has like ramps that seemingly go nowhere. I don't. You just, like I said, you can't quite get just a standard mode where you drive around and whack two players and two player where that matters right not really i mean yeah the thrash mode is kind of the closest you get to that but even that it it, like you said the emphasis is still on winning the race and they're very short they're kind of too short for you to really get into there is also like a pedestrian crushing mode in this that like this was another disappointment which is weird like because it you know they're just like npc figures like dotting the roads and the sidewalks but because this game looks so bad and because it's so blurry and because you're working with half a screen in split screen mode, you can't really see the pedestrians well enough to hit them until you've already hit them. Uh, well, you've gone past them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so many times you'll see kind of a dot near the side and then you'll be like, oh, that was a pedestrian that I just went past. It is very satisfying when you hit them because they subscribe to the physics and they'll just go flying. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is, yeah, you know, so there there are lots of little kind of puerile joys to be found in this game like this game is entertaining it's entertaining in like a very very stupid way like because i would say this game is the good kind of stupid yeah yeah i think it kind of i i I lump this one and scars kind of similarly together because both heavily flawed both deeply stupid uh and probably not something i'll play again but like i kind of enjoyed my brief little time with both of those yeah i think that this game i like this game more than scars because it um there's not a whole bunch of games that do the same thing as this. Yeah. Um, it's sort of a more more unique place, and the, those physics are pretty silly. Yeah, yeah, very silly. Um, but any affection we have for those two games cannot be transferred onto our last game. Let's dig into it because, whoo boy, we have some this things was an to say. Carmageddon 64 was released February 11th, 2000, developed by Software Creations and published by our old buddies at Titus. And this was oh, also released. Titus, man. Of course. That's, this was also released on. Criminals in this era. <laughs> <laughs> they were on Windows, Mac, PlayStation, and Game Boy Color. 
Uh, all right, so Software Creations we have talked about before. That's the studio responsible for Hexen, for Wayne Gretzky Hockey, for the Rugrats games. And two of those games, or two of the games you just named were fun. Sure. I uh, also had a few noteworthy titles before that, my favorites being uh, Solstice on SNES and its SN- uh, on NES and its SNES sequel, Equinox. <laughs> the game that looms large over our memories, even though I've never beaten it or gotten very far in it. I don't know why I have a soft spot for that game. Same with Plock, one of their other oh, yeah. uh, platformer games yeah. that they did, and Silver Surfer, the infamously oh, hard man. NES game. Yeah. So uh, they became Acclaim Studios Manchester in 2002, but were shut down after the with along with the rest of Acclaim in 2004. Their last game was a all-star baseball port for the Game Boy Advance. Oof, rough one to go <laughs> yeah. out on. All right, let's talk about the Carmageddon series before we get into this one. So the first Carmageddon uh, debuted on PCs in 1997. It was created by a British developer called Stainless Games. Uh, and this game was originally going to be a destruction derby game, or as they call it in the UK, and this is real, a banger race. <laughs> yeah, it's called a banger race. I like that, especially because I know what bangers also means sausage. Yeah, so you get so, to the end, and whoever wins gets the most sausages. Yeah, exactly. I, I hope that's the case. Uh, but during production, the developers obtained the license to a cult favorite Roger Corman movie called Death Race 2000. Uh, have you seen Death Race? Again? I haven't. Is okay. it fun? I've, I feel like a lot of Roger Corman movies kind of have this cold status, but they're really, really boring. Yeah, like, I think that's kind of where I fall on Death Race. I have seen it. It's kind of worth seeing because it's a very, very early performance from Sylvester Stallone oh, okay. playing the villain and going very, very over the top. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of fun. But no, and I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's worth watching. But uh, that You're movie has head. that movie has kind of real cult credit, and around the time that this game is being developed, uh, there was a sequel uh, to Roger Corman's Death Race 2000 in production. So that sequel was eventually canceled, and the license was pulled from the game. But the game was basically finished, and they felt it was distinct enough that the producers agreed to let them just release it under a new title. So well, the premise of Death Race was, was the goal for them to kill civilians? Like, yes. As they, okay. Yeah, there's a scene in the movie uh, where like they're out in front of an old folks' home, and they just like wheel a bunch of them out onto the street, like the spectators from the... Sh- yeah. Okay, so it's, it's real trashy. Those, like, it's real trashy. You're, it's like satire that claims to be about something but is really just an excuse to like have this gross premise they like, yeah that's boy that's like a recurring theme that i have is like movies that are like gross and violent and they're like you see you see what society is you see what societies drove us to and you're like no man you made this you movie. did this this is all you like, you're getting mad at me for watching the movie that you made in some bullshit scenario you created yeah like why are you putting this on me it's like saying the movie street trash is all about combating homelessness but it's like there's a scene where a guy's dick melts off and they play catch with it. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this movie. Like, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so either way, they, they no longer had the Death Race license, but they still very much had a Death Race concept in their game. Uh, there were plenty of car combat games on the market, but what made this game stand out and draw controversy was the emphasis on uh, bystander violence. You get extra points and bonuses for destroying your opponent's cars as well as running over NPCs on the street who explode with uh, very splattery gore Have effects. Have you played uh, Die Hard Trilogy? for ps1 i actually have not played that game okay yeah that's i mean if this is what you're in the mood for like 
that's the game to play because the the second uh, Die Hard game in that is like based on driving around deactivating bombs. Okay. And you can just run over civilians. Like, and if you have it in the first person mode, blood will splatter on you, and then the wipers come and like wipe it off. It's surprisingly violent and yeah. very against the sort of Die Hard mentality of John McClane running over a bunch of civilians. Yeah, John McClane, but, hero cop, will do kill everybody in New York City yeah. just to save them. Um, but I'm surprised that. That, I mean, this is a game that's designed to like court controversy. Like that's the point. It's kind of like a trollish game in that way. And well, it's it's kind of like you remember the first time you ever played Grand Theft Auto, and you realize you can run over the pedestrians, and it's like, oh my god, I'm gonna run over as many people as I can. And then you play a Grand Theft Auto game now, like at least me, I try and stay on the road <laughs> the entire time because I know a it's gonna put unnecessary heat on me and i won't be able to play through the story and b i feel bad about running over these people because the graphics have gotten too good yeah no that's a good that's a good point i mean this game to go you know we postponed this episode a little bit because like it just you know it continues to be a weird time but we're like this doesn't quite feel like the right time to be running over pedestrians and i think that Playing the game now, that seems like kind of a silly choice in retrospect. Not that it matters what no. we play the games in, but it's like everything that's offensive about this game certainly does not translate to the N64 version. No, no, it definitely and, doesn't. I mean, either way, the game, the original Carmageddon was a pretty big hit. It sold about 2 million copies on PC, and I do remember it being kind of like a source of schoolyard myth. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, have you heard of this game where you run over all these people? You know, uh, but I never actually played it. Uh, but the game we're playing today is actually a port of Carmageddon 2, Carpocalypse Now, good title, uh, which was released on the PCs in 1998. So that game didn't really make too many adjustments to the formula other than some improved graphics, but it did boast an original soundtrack by Iron Maiden, which oh, did not make it onto this. I'm sorry, we I, I'm going to go back. We, mm. we didn't mention in Road Rash that they have like seemingly full like punk songs on the Road Rash soundtrack. Yeah. With, with voices, yeah. Yeah, which is rare in Nintendo 64. They're all mixed very low, so they're essentially impossible to hear. Yeah. But that's maybe that's where all the graphical memory went. It <laughs> maybe, know. yeah, or it could have. they spent all their money on getting these song licenses of generic boom grunt noises. Yeah, um, but Tim Allen was not available. Anyway, yeah. so we are back. Sorry. Carm- no, no, that, it's that, all good. That worth noting, but um, Carmageddon... Almost yeah. had a good soundtrack. Um, as far as the series itself, Stainless Games lost the rights to Carmageddon to Square Enix Europe, who released one more game in the series without that creator's RPG, input. Where you play, you you have to go kill God with a gun sword, <laughs> and then there's a bunch of anime witches, and it turns out the last boss is called X Death. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you could just throw Phoenix Downs at it to kill it. Yeah. Uh, however, Stainless was able to buy the rights back in 2011 uh, after that branch of Square was closed. In 2015, the company launched a successful Kickstarter to release a remastered version of the game called Carmageddon Reincarnation, (laughs) uh, which was eventually ported to pretty much every next-gen system, and reviews have generally been terrible. So, play it or not, I don't know. I mean, let's just get one thing out of the way. This game is terrible. Oh, my fucking God. And I, much like Daikatana, Mm -hmm. I don't know how much of that terribleness is true. Like, I'm sure... I don't know the PC game, how terrible that was. Yeah. I can't imagine that it was this terrible, though I can't all, I also can't imagine that it was that much better being well, as they're built from the same skeleton. Here's the thing, like the, the, the PC games generally have a pretty decent like reputation. Okay, like, like okay. they're, they're seedy and they're kind of gross and, but the racing mechanics and the driving mechanics and the graphics were 
solid and that were fun and that's okay. what kind of made it tolerable this does not have that so like i said this is a this is a port of carmageddon 2 and more specifically it's a port of an expansion pack of carmageddon 2 that replaced mm. the human victims with zombies so i'm sure that was a choice by nintendo I, we will not must let you be. release carmageddon on our system if you're running over a bunch of humans, so and what can you offer us instead? This was this game was heavily banned in a lot of different markets. Not, not this game specifically, but, but like the series. Like yeah. uh, Carmageddon was banned in Germany, Australia, and the UK, and eventually they were able to release it because they swapped out humans with zombies. Or in Germany, they actually swapped them out with robots filled with oil, so okay. they explode in black clouds. Uh, and here in the States, this game was frequently cited by uh, Senator Joe Lieberman in his congressional arguments about the banning of violent video games. So, like, they brought this up along with Night Trap and Doom and Mortal Kombat. Yeah, uh, none of that must come, none of that comes through in the N64 game. This not at game all. Very tame. Unbelievably tame. Yeah. I mean, like, the I don't want to run over people. Like, I was dreading kind of playing this because yeah. I don't want to run over people. But at the same time... It's what we're talking about with Scars. Yeah. This is the premise of your game. If you're removing the core thing that makes your game interesting, then what reason is there for me to suffer through this? Like, there's you have one hook, and now that hook's been kind of, like, neutered to a ridiculous degree. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, not only, like, from a gameplay perspective of, like, it's really not the focal point of this game to run over a bunch of zombies. No. And from, a like, a mechanics perspective of... This game is so shitty that it is impossible to actually run over the zombies. Yeah, like, yeah. Because the mechanics work so poorly. All right, I, I want to try and read the the plot of this game. This comes from the opening crawl, and don't try and read it on the screen because it's in a terrible text, and it's way too it's dense. It's a full page long. <clears throat> um, but this is the plot of this game. The catastrophic events of Red Friday, June 6, 2026. And by the way, I, lo I looked this up. June 6, 2026 is going to be a Saturday. Okay, so they so fucked that up right off the bat. Uh, the catastrophic events of Red Friday cause an unnaturally high solar activity, resulting in the fatal toxification of Earth's atmosphere and zombification of anyone exposed for too long. The wise took refuge within the hastily constructed climate emulation centers. From here, they watched as the remaining population was ravaged by toxic fumes. Although reasonably safe, for some life inside the domes was like a jail sentence. Well, while reasonably safe, for some, life inside the domes was like a jail sentence. There it is. They didn't punctuate this at all. <laughs> uh, what started off as an isolated event in old Detroit, where three individuals raced around a deserted IndyCar circuit, grew to become a regular event staged in great many venues. Without prejudice, Carmageddon racers would collide with zombies who wandered onto the race route, resulting in the pulpification of the unfortunate <laughs> undead. So we've had uh, zombification, pulpification, and uh, toxification so okay. far. Um, so inadvertently, they had stumbled on a fun solution to the zombie problem. The authorities were not slow to catch on. The event became known as the Carmageddon, a reward for these drivers, a new life in the sun-drenched beaches on one of the off-world colonies, a life that only the ultra-rich could ever dream about. For the drivers, the nature of the racing changed. As no one was marshalling these races, the events rapidly developed a new violent dimension. Violent dimension. In this new climate of danger, the philosophy of all became as one, drive to survive. Wow. And in Germany, once again, they get the best version of this because they didn't use robots or zombies in their N64 version. They used dinosaurs and mammoths that were the size of humans. <laughs> so that's kind of better to me. It's... um. 
that I mean, what do they do about the toxification? Like, how do you get into your car? Is your car pressurized? I, like, maybe it's like in Maximum Overdrive, where like we're in the tail of a comet for seventeen days, and then once that comet moves on, the car stopped being alive and everything's fine again. Okay. So like, so, only if you were outside during that period, then you got toxified and zombified before being pulpified. Okay. Fair uh, yeah, it's a it's a nonsense plot, um, but that's so, the reason for the season, I guess. Yeah, the goal you have your two basic modes here is like with, with the first one, grandpa or like single player is what what it was like. There, there's like Carmageddon mode, oh, yeah. then there's quick start mode, there's head to head and uh, practice. I mean, oh, every aspect of this game is so poorly thought through. Like just from the start, your Carmageddon mode, you select, a, you press it, you choose a character, and you're in. Yeah, quick play. The exact same thing, but it just you don't choose a character. Yeah, and you're like, oh great, you saved me one screen with a whole separate option. How much quicker? Like, yeah, that's <laughs> exactly. way quicker. And you're you're always starting in the same level. So this game is just baffling. Like, yeah, you you start you're in you're in a city. There's other cars. You're like, okay, like we're gonna race. That seems straightforward enough. Um, and we'll try to hit some zombies. Sure. But then the race starts, and first off, the car just controls, like, there's just oil, and someone has rubbed all your wheels in Vaseline and your hands so you can't grip the steering <laughs> wheel, because your car is just going everywhere. Everywhere, um, right off the bat. Like, I don't know, it's hard to even describe. It's like, it almost randomly just, like, steers itself. Like, if you weren't touching it, it would just randomly make sharp turns, like you're fighting your car. Yeah, and the, so you immediately go off the road, but then you realize, oh, it's not correcting my track at all. No. I guess I don't have to drive on the track, so you And there's just no idea of where you go. There's a little radar at the bottom. Like, so you were driving around, and then all of a sudden it says, wrong checkpoint. And you're like, well okay yeah what, what, what checkpoint was i supposed to go to and then there's a little ray yeah there's a radar at the bottom with a blue dot yeah sort of off to one direction you have to get to that blue dot and get a checkpoint i think but but there's also a bunch of yellow dots there's on no there. map it's just like in a general direction so you're driving around a city being like i hope it's over this way yeah, yeah and there's a bunch of yellow dots and occasionally you'll get to actual zombies who much like road rash are just way way too small very like, small and also like and being as your car controls like garbage like you can't hit these things no you can like basically just stop your car let them wander into you and they'll explode yeah. like you do not need to have any kind of speed to take out these zombies you can just cr creep into them and they'll die we are given so much information at the top of the screen and none of it is clear like the HUD that you're looking at, it has like CP, CP, three out of three CPs, lap we, number. It keeps popping up with like repair costs. Uh, but there's your like car a car doesn't. I guess your car does take damage. Yeah, but it's not clear how to actually repair it. No, or we what figured is out triggering the different costs. We figured out eventually that hitting the L button just resets we, your car. We were racing together, and I spent literally a minute mm -hmm. with my car laying on its back. And the trying. more you tried to fix it, the more the camera got stuck in the environment. Yeah. I, I was pressing seemingly every button on the controller, but you have to press L, you mm. know, that button that's on the extra leg of the controller no one uses, yep. um, to reset your car. I mean, it's not like this game has control pad support, so you really have to dig to use that L button. It's And, yeah, it's, you get so much info, like you said, and it's just not clear. You, it looks like to beat a level, you have to kill 80 zombies? Which is insane because 
again, for this game, for this premise, you would think that the streets are just paved with zombies. Like, you would think they're all over the place. And they're not. You have they're to like really hunt them out. And they right. tend to be, like, behind barricades that you have to slow down and drive between. Which is impossible to do because this game controls like shit. And it will slow down. If you accelerate maybe more than 30 miles an hour, the frame rate will go so slow that the game basically comes to a standstill. Like I, This is the closest I've ever seen an N64 game to just straight up locking up. Like... It's unbelievable how broken this game is. Like, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it feels very much like an unfinished product. And we played a few games that that feel this way. But this game sort of fails on every front. Like, it looks... I mean, it looks awful. Mm-hmm. It sounds awful. Um, like, the mechanics are just so vague and obtuse. Because there's other cars here as well. Yeah. And you're like, okay, if my goal is to run over all these zombies, what are these other cars doing here? Yeah. Like, am I fighting against them? Are we... And then the game, at some point, your car is just destroyed or the race just ends. And you're like, uh, what? <laughs> and like, Well, it's got kind of that um, Monster Truck Madness thing where... You're dr- like you're supposed to be racing through this in a specific order, but it's an open world map yeah. that lets you go anywhere you want. So there's lots of room for trial and error, but you'll lose. Like, so why not just make it a linear course? You know, uh, but like you know, the racing isn't necessarily the point here, I guess. Well, but nothing, like, nothing is the point. Nothing's like the point. They, yeah, they've missed. They've missed the part. They, this is just like. They've put in the assets for mm-hmm. a game, but they haven't created any game around it. No. They're just like, all right, we have some cars, we have some levels, we have some zombies, but there's nothing that, like, guides you to where the zombies are or anything that, like, tells you what's going on. I mean, the story screen is just a static screen with a whole bunch of text. Yeah, yeah. There's just no level progression. It's like you have all the levels sort of open from the beginning. There is, I mean, one good thing, there's like 10 levels in this game. I was looking I mean, at my notes, 30 total. Like wow. we, we can unlock a lot of levels and there's 23 different racers. We only start with like two. They uh, all have very bizarre pun names. Oh, um, yeah. Which none of them are clever. Like I, I just want to, one was... Uh, bat mad bat mad yeah i feel like that's a good example because like his name is bat mad but there's no so like the name is a batman parody but there's no aspect of the way he does like a bright pink car yeah it's like a hot rod yeah and there's no aspect of yeah one of the characters named god rod which i liked yeah Um, yeah. but there's no aspect of it that's like oh i see how that's a batman parody they just like oh this is a word that sounds like another word therefore it's a joke yeah like that's not how jokes work this this game uh does have who i think might be the most racist thing we've experienced in any game and we didn't actually see it but there is a character, one of the racers here is a pimp who drives a Cadillac, and his name is Otis P. Jive Funk. So, yeah, yeah, that might be the most racist, horrible thing we've encountered on this show. But uh, I mean, on the positive side, we didn't have to encounter it. And we didn't have to encounter it. Probably won't, if you play this game, you probably won't either, because I doubt you'll be able to get through more than one level before you want to never play N64 again. And get this, the, the 64 version has one exclusive character. His name is Mr. Whip. He's a clown that drives an ice cream truck. Does that sound <laughs> familiar at all? <laughs> Another popular car combat series. Metal. Yes. Like, this game sure is twisted. I, I, okay, so, like, I, I, I have a hard time even, like, 
expressing exactly how terrible this game is. Like, I, I almost want to encourage people to try it to just kind of see what I'm talking about. Because you can describe this all you want. It sounds fine. It sounds fine. It's like, okay, yeah, that sounds annoying, but whatever. Just seeing it, seeing it like almost break a 20-year-old unbreakable Nintendo system just through its sheer shittiness just through the sheer pointlessness of it. Like, it strips away any possible reason you would want to play this game. Yeah, it's not, it's not like, it doesn't egg you on in some way. It's not transgressive. Yeah. Because even when you run on the zombies, like, they explode in a tiny little puddle of blood. Like, yeah. I mean, Mortal Kombat is on the N64, and that is much more sort of upsetting in some way than this. Sure, but Resident like, Evil 2 is on yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. But this is just like, it's so lifeless and inert, and it's just so weird to play a driving game where you can't drive your car. No. Like, you literally, you try to drive one way, and then the car just goes the other way, and, man, yeah. Any, uh, and, and there's no sense of speed. There's no sense of real impact. Like you, you just fall in the water, and your car will just sort of sink into the water for a couple, like, 10 seconds until it decides to respawn you. Yeah. Oh, God, the multiplayer mode. So there were three different multiplayer modes. There's one where you're supposed to race each other to see who could run over the most zombies. Yeah, you'd have to kill like 45, which yeah. again, takes way too long. Impossible. There's another where you're just supposed to take out the other car just by crashing into them. And then there's a third one where you're supposed we, to race through checkpoints. I think we hit in the car destruction. I think we hit each other once yeah. and dealt all the other damage to ourselves because you can't control the car. So I That's would just the thing. drive forward, hit something, and then it would fling me off a cliff. Exactly. There's two characters in this very large map, and you just need to drive around until you find each other. You can pick up some weapons the sometimes. Only, the but only they're... winning move is not to play. Exactly. <laughs> like just uh, leave your car in stopped. In neutral, and the other car, just leave it in park, and the other car will kill itself. I mean, so you, you you pick up, like, I picked up a box of mines, which was just sheer dumb luck, because half the boxes you hit will kill you. Yeah. Uh, most of them are explosives, and you can't quite and tell. And some of them, like, do, like, weird alterations to the zombies. They're like, oh, they made them into insect zombies, and now they're all tall and thin. They make them into explosive zombies, and it's like, why would I ever pick that up? Yeah, it's like somebody's just playing around with the software. It's like, ooh, look what I can make them do. It's yeah. like, it's like... It's lazier than big head mode. Like, it's yeah. nothing. Yeah, it doesn't make it easier. It doesn't make it more interesting. It just makes it weird. Uh, and, like, I don't know. So trying to use weapons, first of all, they map the weapon button to C up, which is, like, a weird place to put it. It's a very hard button to press while you're trying to drive with A. Yeah. So I got a box of mines. I finally figured out how to use it. I press C up. It drops the mine underneath you and immediately arms it, so you get killed with your own mine if you use it. That's how I died in that mode. Like, because I was trying to use a weapon to kill you. And, like, what is the ever-loving point of this? And then the checkpoint mode, like, it, it says you have to race through a certain number of checkpoints. But, again, they don't tell you what a checkpoint is or what it looks like or, or what it order is. it is. You're just driving around hoping to find it. Yeah, Sometimes you'll find it. It'll say wrong checkpoint. <laughs> Bitch, what the fuck is the right checkpoint? There's the radar is just flashing blue. There seems to be checkpoints everywhere. And we're just driving. And we're like, oh, can't find any of them. No, no. It's, it's just utterly mindless this is like such a failure of game design on every single conceivable but level it's so clear like it's so clear like there's no aspect of like ineptness here i mean every aspect is is inept yeah but, like it feels so like malicious like the point was not that these people didn't know how to make a game because like they clearly had at least a functional game in the pc version 
but this, but like, keep in mind, this is a totally different team. This is Titus doing it, yeah. and they, they do make unfunctional games. Yeah, yeah, well, fair enough, fair enough. But it's just like, to release any game in this state is just like, I think I probably, I think I said this before with a different Titus game, probably yeah, yeah, Superman. Yeah. It's just like, it's almost a criminal act, because it's just like, there's no standard of quality here. There's, they took money from people for this. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, not many people. Uh, this is... Near as I can tell, not counting the blockbuster exclusives, this is the lowest selling game on the system. Well, that's where it should. That's be where it should be. There are fewer than ten thousand copies of this that sold. Which is, is... this game valuable? No, okay. no, no. Because no. Go- of course not. Yeah. No, those ten thousand copies are very easy to find because <laughs> nobody wants it. Uh, this is one of the lowest rated games on IGN. Uh, they had a pretty famous review. I love this little clip. It said, Carmageddon for PC, a fun little racer, hits N64 as a ruined, broken, sloppy, worthless port that really only serves one purpose, to remind players just how important time and effort are when porting a franchise to home console. I thought that was a good line. I thought that summed it up pretty well. Like, this just screams laziness, half-heartedness. Like, nobody wanted to make this game. Nobody cared about making this game work. I kind of doubt they even play tested it oh like yeah. honestly i feel like this was a first draft yeah well because what would be the point if you're not willing to go back and make any effort to fix the infinite problems with this game why play test it? yeah why do you care what other people if people like it you yeah. just want to get it on market and hope to dupe some people into buying it of which i am one but i think i paid a dollar for <laughs> yeah, okay, it like this good. was one of the really bargain basement games that i picked up uh yeah really fucking awful really fucking awful um do we have anything more to say about these games? Well, we're going to move on to our rankings. Move on to our list here, yeah. All right. Uh, last words in. We are ranking all of these games uh, that we have just played, adding them to our ever-expanding and almost-concluding list. Makes me sad. Uh, I will start us off on this one. Um, I think, yeah, of the three we played today, Road Rash is probably the best. I would say Road Rash is the most fun. The most fun. I don't think any of these games are good, yeah. but two of them are kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, Road Rash, I'm putting at number 150, which is just above uh, Big Mountain 2000, which is another kind of guilty pleasure game. Uh, Scars is actually going right under Big Mountain. So these two are going to make a Big Mountain sandwich. Um, (laughs) So uh, 150 for Road Rash, 152 for Scars. Both of them, um, they have elements that you can recommend. They're mildly diverting in a very, very stupid way, but they're technically so broken that you wouldn't really have a lot of fun in the long term. Carmageddon 64 is the bottom of the oh barrel. It is the worst game on the console. It's one of the worst games I've ever encountered, ever. Uh, so it is supplanting Superman 64. This is the worst game on the console, and I'm willing to say... I'm willing to say it doesn't get worse than this. I would be amazed, I'd be amazed if, if it got worse than this. worse game than this. It can't be possible, it right? It can't be possible. I don't want to... I mean, that's what I said about Monster Truck Madness, but... <laughs> yeah, but this makes Monster Truck Madness feel like yeah. so much better. Yeah, I know. It, it is amazing the order of magnitude that, like, Superman 64 is better than this game. Yeah, <laughs> and Superman 64 was my bottom game yeah. before this. Like, one of those things that's kind of undeniably terrible when you play it, like... And I, but I almost feel like a little bit of affection for it. I would and say for like how much... these two, if you com- if you compared Superman sixty four to Carmageddon sixty four, Superman sixty four might be like a five out of ten. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah. That's the difference. That's the difference. <laughs> and I think because in it, even with all the technical elements, like the Superman game didn't have such a malicious, like amoral undertone to all of it. Like this, this weird. 
It felt like sleazy. they were kind of trying to do something. Like, I mean, it wasn't a port of anything. So no. it felt like they were, like, trying to do something, and it just was just misguided. Yeah. And did not work and was not playtested. Yeah. But this is based on a foundation that already exists. So they should know what they're going for, and they made no effort to fix it when they clearly didn't get there. Yeah, it's, it's a cynical cash grab of a cynical cra- cash grab, and yeah. it's just, like... Unbelievably terrible. Uh, Woody, what's your list? Well, I'll start at the bottom. Carmageddon is also the bottom of my list. Yeah. So bottoms match up again. Burn, bitch. Yeah, this, this game, it, it was unbelievable. Um, uh, I like, Scars is going at number 174, which is right behind Vigilante 8. Um, there's just a lot of games that do what Scars does better on the system. And yeah. It could have differentiated itself by have weird animal cards, but it's not enough. Go no. play Extreme G. Yeah, um, or just... Diddy Kong or yeah. Mario Kart, any of those. Um, Road Rash 64, um, I, it's not a good game, no. but I was entertained. The physics are very silly. It'd be a fun game to bust out at a party. Um, I'm putting it at number 142, mm-hmm. which is right behind Forsaken 64. Okay, all right. Not a bad spot for that. I think we're, we're pretty much in alignment on that. Well, that is those three games. We've got one letter here from an old friend of ours. Hey, guys. Um, you like Carmageddon 64? It's my all-time sure favorite do. game. <laughs> Oops. Okay. Pulling funds. Uh, Steve, Woody, and Guesty McGesterson. Uh, nobody here today, unfortunately. Right, you, know, you know who the real guest on our show is? That weird buzzy noise that comes up every episode. You know, I haven't heard it in a little bit, oh, okay. but, you know, it might still be popping up. If you okay. hear that weird blah, 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 blah noise, then uh, let it's us an know. an unofficial member of Ultra 64. Yeah, that, that's the invisible guest right yeah. there. Um, are there any games that you bought after playing the in-store demo or do you have any memories of those gross Toys R Us, Kmart, Walmart demo stations that you would would hype up a singular game or set of games for some reason I remember going into Toys R Us and toying around with a Pokemon Crystal display that had beaten the game I can only think I can only think that this Wait. is either a proto Twitch plays Pokemon, speaking of, speaking of, remember that, yeah. style experiment, or some poor worker had been pounding away at the game on their 15-minute breaks. That's, so, that's actually pretty awesome. That's like, kind of great. Either of those readings are pretty awesome. I love that like, idea, because that's a long-ass game to yeah. beat. Uh, on a completely different note, uh, how do you guys deal with your massive backlog of games? How do you determine the next game you'll play? Is it a mood thing, a fear of spoilers thing, a, well, this game is only a few hours long, I'll beat that today kind of thing? This is not a shameless plug to talk about my podcast, <laughs> Monkey Off My Backlog, because I promise you I am full of shame. Sincerely, Andy. That's a friend of ours, Andy Bowman, and uh, I'm allowing the the shameless plug because, uh, well, A, he's a friend, and B, uh, I was on this show, Monkey yeah. Off My Backlog. So you and can, he's a cool dude. He's a cool, he's a nice dude. He always comes up with some very... Very interesting uh, questions. So uh, demos, in-store demos. Uh, do you have any specific uh, memories the of The one these? that comes to mind, um, I don't really have a lot of memories of in-store demos because where I grew up, there wasn't any big like bla- malls that would have like a demo of something. Right. Um, so I never really saw much of anything. I remember, I think the only time, I remember buying a magazine for the disc specifically because mm. it had a Guitar Hero 2 demo. And so I played You Really Got Me by Van Halen a bunch of times. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> um, that was like, there were only like two songs on on the disc. That's perfect. And so that, I, I mean, it was kind of, in some ways it was kind of silly because like I was going to buy Guitar Hero 2 no matter what, but I just really wanted it. Or like, I can't think of a time that I was ever like, convinced I, I don't know i feel like demos are kind of a lose-lose for the company that makes them like yeah. i really appreciate demos because i'm like but 90 percent of the time i'm like i wonder what this game's about i'll try the demo and then i try it and i'm like oh okay i got it i don't need to buy that now yeah like, yeah I, I got the vibe i don't 
I never like played a demo and been like, that was awesome. I have to play more. It's you. It's usually any game I was gonna buy anyway. Yeah. A demo will usually only dissuade me. That's fair. Yeah, I I do remember getting. Uh, I think it was the Dreamcast magazine where they would always have like a little sampler disc in every. Uh, uh, issue where you could try like the next couple of Dreamcast games coming out. So like, yeah, I've sampled like a Looney Tunes racing game and like Star Wars Destruction Derby, things like that that I'm not actually gonna play. Right. I do have a very vivid memory of a display uh, at a media play in like 1992 or 93. What's a media play. Media play. Uh, ex- thank you for making me feel very old. I don't know if that's just a, like a. I'm sure. I don't think it's an age thing. I think it's just. It might a just be a regional thing. Yeah. yeah. They they've been gone for a long time, but they were basically like. A, like a Best Buy um, okay. kind of kind of store. Uh, we had one in Colorado Springs near where I lived, and they were showing a game, and I think the game is called Mad Dog McGraw. That, that is the name of a real game. It's it's a FMV like light gun game. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and I th- I'm pretty sure it was being displayed on the 3DO. Okay. Uh, but I didn't get the name of the game or the system. <laughs> I just remember playing it with that little light gun, shooting a couple of guys. And even like noticing then there was lag between when you shot Oof. the guy and then it's loading, 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 and then the guy goes, Ugh. but I still thought it was the coolest looking thing I'd ever seen. And uh, I imagine if it was a 3DO, it was an $800 price tag and my parents weren't going to buy that for me. Yeah. Uh, and I don't blame them for that. Um, as for the backlog, uh, how, do you, how do you deal with your massive backlog? How do you, how do you determine what you're going to play next? I can field a little bit of that. Like I, I just finished playing The Last of Us 2 which was a very long and uh, emotionally demanding game. So I wanted to play something kind of mindless and dumb to kind of come down from that. So I'm playing the 2010 Aliens vs. Predators game. Okay. Uh, and I think that was just kind of dictated a little... So I, I think it does... It is generally dictated by what I just played and like how much of an investment was that game I just played and is there anything coming out soon that I'm going to devote my time to. So, like, after Aliens vs. Predators, you know, the Ghost of Tsushima and Paper Mario are both coming out this week. I'll probably want to shift to one of those. Yeah. I, um, boy, I've been just, I used to, like, have a pretty good system because I would just have a game and I would play it and beat it and I would move on to the next one. Like, just, you know, whatever the next one was that was sort of accessible because I just had fewer games. And yeah. Now I just kind of uh, sit on the couch and cower. Um, and I just <laughs> watch whatever cheesy movie is on a... Uh, Ad, ad free streaming television i mean yeah. i think that has to do a little with my mental state in general but um i get it I, I i always look for like comforting things that i've seen a million times yeah yeah i definitely just fall back to a lot of things that i've played before just very simple games i've been playing a lot of the bionic commando game boy games that's great um, yeah those are fun but it's just like i i used to be a lot better because now it's like most of the time i sort of will get two-thirds of a way through the game one it just i'm sort of playing like 12 things at once and just getting like i'll play a level of this and the end results i never really get through anything yeah it's yeah yeah i mean like with movies i kind of do the thing where like i'll i'll add something to my netflix queue like intent on watching it and then it'll stay in that queue forever in the meantime i'll watch a bunch of stuff that never gets put in my queue yeah so it's a weird sort of fascination of like once you sort of make the choice that i'm gonna play or watch something it sort of loses a lot of its appeal yeah yeah for sure well and thank you for that question andy and everyone check out monkey off my backlog uh that's wherever you get your podcast i'm on an episode talking about the game infamous which i finally made myself play and quite enjoyed 
So check that out. Um, thank you, everybody, for writing in. You can always get us at ultra64podcast at gmail.com. We certainly love to get your letters, so please send them in there. Uh, our next episode, we are going back to RTS we're games. We're playing Carmageddon 64. Wait, no! Shit, no. damn it! Uh, no, we're this playing... The rest of the list is Carmageddon 64. Oh, what happened? Well, I mean, we have to go with the list. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make mistakes. I mean, it's got to be it. Uh, no, we're playing Command & Conquer. Okay. Uh, which hope, is, that should be better. I hope it's better. I don't know how it does on the N64. I've never played this series before. Um, well, I'm sure this is the ideal way to play it. Oh, no doubt, no doubt, yeah. Just you, the Star Fox 64... Or uh, StarCraft 64. Definitely. Beloved, most beloved in the Nintendo 64 port. I'm sure Command & Conquer will be the same. See, I feel like that doesn't bode super well for Command & Conquer because, like, we played StarCraft 64. We're like, this is pretty good. Like, they did a decent yeah. job at this, and that's generally considered, like, the best RTS on a home console. Okay. So where does that leave Car uh, Command & Conquer? We will find out. We'll find out. So thank you, everybody, for listening. My name is Maximum Damage Guntley. Knifey McFace Hands. Stabby Stab Car Guy. Vroom. Also, I drive a rhino. Stabby